if you target first time home buyers, you're talking to a very different person than if you target luxury real estate, right? And so understanding the details of, of who are they, you know, what are their demographics? How do they speak? Where do they hang out? Right? Like if you're posted on TikTok about your luxury listings, cool, you're probably gaining a lot of followers, but you're not, I, I can't imagine there's a ton of luxury clientele on TikTok right now, right? Where maybe a content deserves to be better on LinkedIn or better on Facebook, where the demographic is skewed a little more towards that. Well, this episode of Entrepreneurial Impact, we've got JJ from Changeover Media going to tell us about his story of jumping in, branching off from another company to start his own media company, and just talking about like why he did that and some of the things he's seen that are succeeding for small businesses and telling their story on social media platforms. And as always, I've got my other co-host here, Dave uh, Donaldson, a little under the weather from traveling up from Buffalo. So we'll give him that. You know, he's from Philly. He can't really handle the cold weather of you know, the Arctic North of what is Buffalo. But anyway, he's here. He'll be throwing in some jives. But I'm really excited to have JJ. I've known him for over 10 years and really just to be able to tell his story, which honestly, I've never fully heard as to how he got into this and then really be able to add some value in what, what's working out there for social media. So JJ, tell us a little about yourself and you know, how'd you get into this? Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, so, uh, you know, honestly, I, I kind of just stumbled into it. So when I was younger, um, we were going to church and quite frankly, I was kind of bored. I didn't really want to go to church. And so um, my uh, my dad was was talking with some people in the church one day and the ended up talking to the media director and he was like, well, hey, why don't you have your son come and, and help us do some of the media we need for the church? And so I was like, okay, cool. Like, let's let's go play around with that. I've never done that before. And just immediately fell in love with it. Uh, you know, being behind the camera, helping them create content. I learned just so much from them. Um, you know, learned that there is such a thing as too many star wipes on your editing and, you know, learned how to actually start to craft and tell a story. And so um, while I'm not a very religious person, that experience really is what helped shape the, you know, the trajectory of my life. And so um, ever since then, I knew I'm going to do video production in one way or another. And so um, in high school, I was lucky enough to do a vocational program where my junior and senior year, every other day, I got to do video production instead of actual schoolwork, um, which was perfect for someone like me with ADHD who really didn't like sitting in class and learning about topics they didn't really care about. Um, and then went to college and got a degree specifically in video production. So ever since, um, you know, really middle school, I kind of was on this trajectory of, I know I want to do something in film. And I originally thought it was going to be more in the, the film industry, working on movies and TV shows. But out here on the East Coast, there's not a ton of opportunities to that. And there's kind of this joke they tell in film school where, you know, they, they take you into the very first lecture and they go, all right, if you want to be a director, stand up. And then they tell everyone except for two people to sit down and they go, that's how many of you out of this entire class have a chance at being a director. You need to find something else you want to do. And so... <laughs> I, uh, you know, I just kind of went, all right, well, like what, what, how can I get my hands on this? And so out of school, I was working at a custom integrator doing like high-end home theaters, which was cool, but I always knew video production was the path and ended up stumbling into a, a real estate marketing company. And I was able to work with them for about a year, helping them, you know, do the, the, the videos and photos, the 3d tours for their properties, which was like a nice way to finally get my foot in the door and, and, and start actually making money doing what I love to do. Um, but after about 
I don't know, six, eight months of that, I was like, guys, there's, there's so much more that we could be doing here. Um, you know, as I got to know my clients, really learn the real estate industry, I was like, man, like all of the principles that work in marketing in other industries will work here in real estate. And, and quite frankly, everyone in real estate really needs it because no one went to school to be a real estate agent. Most of them don't have degrees in business or marketing. They, uh, just kind of fell into it. They're really good at networking. They're really good at making friends. And uh, because of that, they're great real estate agents. But the majority of them don't really know how to run a business and they don't really know how to market that business. And so I was like, guys, there's so much more opportunity here. But the company I was working for, they really just wanted that, that cookie cutter, come in, do the listings, photo, video, take the package. All right, see you later. See you next time. And that just didn't really sit well with me. And so after about a year of that, I was like, you know, let's let's try this on my own. And so um, Brittany, my, my creative director and I, we started up Changeover Media and really just spent a lot of time talking and listening to our clients and going, what are your needs? What are your problems in your business? And how can we help find a solution? And, you know, while the core of our business has always been that video production, I've really found that I kind of have to wear a lot of hats. I have to know all these different areas of digital marketing because everything is just interconnected. The, uh, you know, I like to say that video is just one tool in that marketing toolbox. And so for a lot of my clients, I like to say, you know, let me be your digital marketing guru, your guide. And if it's not something that we can directly help you with, I'll point you in the right direction because a video isn't always a solution to your problems. Sometimes it's your website or SEO or your social media. Like there's, it all is so interconnected. Um, so yeah, I just started my business based off that of let's do right by our clients, give them the, the best guidance we can. Let's teach them how to leverage the power of storytelling to build relationships online and not just treat their marketing like a billboard, but to actively build relationships the same way they do in person, but do that online. And how do we do that effectively and communicate effectively? Um, and that's kind of the core of our, of our business is how do we help our clients communicate in a better way online while creating some, uh, what I think is pretty kick-ass content in the, uh, in the process. Let me ask you a different question before we get into like the storytelling and helping people kind of think through that. Um, when you were in school, what was it about video? Like you, you could have gone into like painting, you could have gone into music, like when you look at art and that kind of thing, like there's so much there. What was it about video specifically that, caught your attention because like what we try to think about in business is if you do what you love like the money will come but then you actually feel fulfilled and you actually love what you're doing you can work for 100 hours and still love it yeah there's some times you're down the dumps and what so is life but what was it about video that you're able to facilitate your passion and purpose in life you know that's a wonderful question i'm not sure anyone's ever really asked me that before uh, you know something just clicked there was just you know, once I started, got my hands on a camera and started making content, I started watching videos differently. And I started watching movies and TV shows. And I just, it just sucked me in. There was something about it that was able just to grab and hold my attention in a way that really nothing else could. And as someone, you know, growing up with ADHD, my attention always went in a million different directions, but there was something about TV and movies that, you know, and even YouTube as YouTube was starting to come out, that it would just grab my attention and hold it. And it was just such an effective means of communication to me that I was like, I just love doing it. I want to be able to participate and give that 
to other people. And so, you know, I, I don't know if there's something specifically, it's just, I just always resonated to it. And, you know, it's, it's funny, you mentioned, you know, when you work doing what you love, you, you know, you never work and the money will come. I'm feel very blessed that I'm able to do this and run a business and actually provide for myself because a lot of creatives, a lot of artists don't get that opportunity. You know, it's a lot of people can do yeah. what they love, but actually converting that into a way to pay their bills and make money and not just, not just get by, but thrive is a very difficult thing in the creative <laughs> space. Um, and I'm very blessed and I'm very thankful to our clients for helping get us to that point. Um, but, you know, I, I think I'm very lucky that I picked a path that also became so relevant and so important. I think all businesses, you know, I think Gary V said it best where he said, all businesses are media production companies. They all, everyone needs to be creating content. It's not just up for the media production companies to do it. You have to do it yourself too, if you're not hiring someone else. And so I'm very blessed and lucky that I picked a career path that I really resonated with that also is in very high demand. <laughs> well, well, let me go down a different rabbit hole because I think like I've known you for so long that the passion's just there and like the creativity stuff is cool because anytime I get into a room with you and I think about all the different options we could do with, I feel like I'm uh, curating this Picasso on the wall and then I'm sure like my uh, like, operational people are looking at me like I'm crazy and I got 10 heads and there's no chances they were going to get executed. But <laughs> with that being said, one of the best parts we started this, this podcast about for entrepreneurialism is that at a local level, entrepreneurs are able to fill gaps that big corporate companies can't do because they don't understand it. They're, they, they, their cookie cutter doesn't fit the entrepreneur. So I would love to know when it look, when you look at the entrepreneurial impact that your business has in filling gaps for real estate agents, what, what is that? That like, when you looked at the prior company you're with that had more of like, here's your cookie cutter, here's the thing that we provide, like, don't get any more creative than that. When you had that entrepreneurial uh, fever, if you will, to go out and start your own thing, what were you looking to, to, to facilitate? What were you looking to change in the, you know, that market service area that you were providing uh, video to? Yeah. You know, I think when I take a step back and I look at the real estate industry, um, it really is an industry that I think is prime for disruption. There's not been a lot of innovation, at least from my, you know, my semi outside perspective. And, and it has been coming, but, you know, I feel like you get, a lot of these kind of old school real estate agents who built their entire business based off of the current relationships they have, their sphere of influence, maybe they're door knocking, maybe they're doing mailers. And there's a couple agents who've done a really good job of adopting social media and adopting video marketing. But a majority of them, I feel like just kind of are, are stumbling around and really don't know what they're doing there. And so, you know, there's this balance, if you will, where on one hand, you got to follow what's the blueprint, what's the best practices, like what's the strategy to success. But then also you have to go, well, every person's business is different. And if we do the exact same thing as somebody else, we're not being authentic. We're not following that same path. We're not going to find success. And so I like to think of, uh, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, where they're talking about the pirate's code and they say, you know, well, this is really just guidelines. And that's kind of the way that I, I look at a lot of the, the marketing strategy is we go, well, this is just the guidelines and you should follow them. But there's also times where you want to break those rules and maybe do something a little bit different when it's in line and when it matches up with your brand. And so, you know, our, our big takeaway is just how can we come in and go, what works in other industries will work here too. You just have to be willing to take a next step and try something new. 
I like to, I, I compare it a lot to cold calling, right? Nobody likes cold calling at first when they have to pick up the phone. And for some people, that's a great way to get business. For other people, it's terrible. I have tried it. I hate it. I will never cold call again <laughs> in the rest of my life. But people view video for some reason differently. It's the same way. You just have to get out there and do it. And it's going to suck the first couple of times you make <laughs> content. It's awful. The first, my, my video editor Who's would make flash? fun of me. It's going to suck. <laughs> oh, it's go 100%. It <laughs> sucks to make video content at first. My video editor was making fun of me because he, when I first edited our first couple of YouTube videos, he's like, dude, I've never seen you curse that much. And I was like, yeah, I can't make it through the script, man. I don't know what to tell you. But after a couple of videos, you get more confident and you can just go out there and do it. And so like, if nothing else, my mission is just to say, hey guys, try something new. If you're struggling in real estate right now, maybe try a different lead source, try another way to connect with people, but you got to give it the commitment to try it for a little bit and, and see if it actually works out. If you pick up the phone and call three people and it doesn't work out, do you give up or do you keep calling, right? Like it's the same exact thing in, in my business, um, which is a different medium. So when you think about, let's go into some funny stuff then. Give me three, when you look at social media promotion, whether it's video or written content, whatever the thing made, stories or pictures or whatever, uh, what are like three cringeworthy, stop doing now things that you should never do in your social media accounts when you're trying to gain like eyeballs or like a following? Three oh, no-goes, like don't ever do these. Like, oh God, there's, there's so many, there's so many. Well, okay. so. Number one, and this is this this might be a little controversial. Maybe I'm maybe I'm showing my age here, but I have this massive problem with TikTok. And I realize as a as a creative and a content creator, I probably shouldn't be saying that publicly, but TikTok brought out, in my opinion, the the worst in in people's marketing, where they just went, Oh, I gotta follow this trend. I gotta go, this is popular. I have to do this. And my number one rule, we we wrote an ebook. And our number one rule is be authentic in your marketing. And so if you're the type of person, you're a real estate agent and you like to dance and you dancing on TikTok is in line with you and who you are as a person and in line with your brand, then more power to you, go for it. But if you're just simply following a trend because you saw some video and you're pointing at random words across the screen and you think it's going to stand out, just, just please stop. <laughs> like, please it's so cringeworthy because the people who know you are going to be like, this isn't you. Like, why are you doing this? And so like, you know, I, look, I, I think you're hitting a nail on the head because I think the best thing about the video medium is your ability to be authentic, right? You're not scripted. You're, you're telling a story, you're internalized. And once you're comfortable and, and that's kind of what you were hitting in the beginning, like there is a challenge to getting comfortable in front of the camera's eye for the first couple of times. But once you realize that you're just you talking to a digital twin, that authenticity carries so much weight. But the moment you try to become viral or trying to become somebody else's version of or a caricature of what they think you should be, that's the epic fail, right? Yep, so 100%. I should not try to floss when I'm promoting our next event, is what you're saying. That's no, you wait, should. You 100% no, should. I want to see that. Because I think we could get a lot of mileage out of that. So, <laughs> so number one, no, I think there's a time and place to be funny, right? Like, it's okay to be goofy and, and use that to promote things. But if that's what all your content is, and that's not who you are as a person, then like, 
why are you doing that? Right. Like it's, it's fun. It's fine to do that from time to time and do something different and try it, but don't just chase every single trend because that's what you think is going to make you go viral because yeah, cool. And like, and let's, let's pretend, let's pretend you follow the trend and it does go viral and you get a whole bunch of followers. Well, all those followers are following you based off that trend and they're not actually getting to know you. So now if they go to work with you and you're a completely different person, then they're going to go, oh, well, who is this person? This isn't who I followed in the first place. So like following those vanity <laughs> metrics of likes and follows is just a waste of time. Like I would rather a following of a hundred people who are perfect clients for me than a million random people who liked a stupid video of me dancing, right? Like it's all about knowing who your target audience is and making sure you're actually talking to them. So does that lead into number two then? Like know your know your clientele or like what yeah. what's your next what's your next thing? Don't do what's, what's the next yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think hundred percent. I mean, knowing your clientele is, is incredibly important, right? Like, you know, if if you target first-time home buyers, you're talking to a very different person than if you target luxury real estate, right? And so understanding the details of of who are they, you know, what are their demographics, how do they speak, where do they hang out? right? Like if you're posted on TikTok about your luxury listings, cool. You're probably gaining a lot of followers, but you're not, I, I can't imagine there's a ton of luxury clientele on TikTok right now, right? Where maybe a content deserves to be better on LinkedIn or better on Facebook where the demographic is skewed a little more towards that. So a lot of it is just knowing who am I talking to? Who is the ideal client? To be very clear, we're talking about who is the ideal client we're not talking about only targeting one group of people with fair housing. We want to be, we're specifically talking with our language and our location towards specific people. We're not excluding people, but when we are able to, to talk to that demographic, they're going to resonate with us better. So, you know, in everything you do, you should be talking to them in the way that they expect to be talked to when your newsletters and your, in your video posts and your social media, like everything kind of should follow in line of who am I actually trying to talk to? So I think that's, that's a very big thing. And, and, you know, I almost partner that with this idea of stop trying to be a billboard. You know, so many people are using social media and it's just, look at me, look at me, look what I'm doing. Look at me. It's like, no, just, just build a relationship with your target audience. Stop trying to just sell yourself. You don't need to wrap up every post and every video with, if you're looking to buy or sell a home, make sure you give me a call. Phone number is right here. Like, <laughs> it's exhausting. No one wants to hear that every single time. Right, so, well, here's what I will say. So Joe and I have been doing this for a year now. Not once have we done this. <laughs> <laughs> so when we do this, you could drop a thing that says, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the thing is like, some of that is okay, right? Like when you're like, hey, if you want to check out similar videos, go to this one or this one, right? Like, but it's, it's all about like, what do you want the person watching the video to do? Sure, yes, you want them to pick up the phone and call you, but 97% of people are not in a position to purchase or sell a home right now. So if you're just bombarding them with call me, call me, call me, it's exhausting. But if instead you do like a small ask and you say, hey, like or subscribe, follow me if you want more, more videos. Maybe it's a medium ask where we go, go to my website and download my free ebook. You know, that's a medium ask. Yeah, we're asking for a little bit, but it's not that much. But if you're asking for a sale, on every single video or every single post, like you're just a billboard and people are so desensitized to being sold to that they're just going to block you out immediately. 
Well, let's insert then. Hey, if you're not you're listening to this episode today with JJ and Dave Donaldson, myself, please follow right now. Hey, look, we're, we're leading by example, right? JJ just told us what to do. I'm asking for a small thing. Follow us, make us all feel better. Anyway, I digress. Exactly, and that's exactly it. Ask for something small. Hey, like and subscribe. Leave us a leave us a, a review on this podcast. It takes 30 seconds. It means a lot. That's it. That's all you need to do, right? But we're not asking you to pick up the phone and call Keller Williams and sign up to be a real estate agent or buy or sell a home, right? Like those are very different asks. You need to understand where are you in this sales funnel as you're putting this content out. People listen to a podcast are are probably top of funnel. They're not ready to make a purchase right now. Like you're having one-on-one conversations with people who are about to join a brokerage or about to buy or sell a home. So the the ask should reflect that. So when, when you're looking and you're working with the agents, right? And we understand you're you're coming. We set aside for a moment the traditional, okay, that's that's the home tour side of of who they might be, right? They're trying to be a little bit more polished. I get that. But if they're doing a relaxed environment, they're doing they're having a conversation with their audience or they're telling their story. What are the things that you think they should be sharing? And what is the length of time in those conversations for those agents? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a wonderful question. I get asked that all the time. And so I like to think of our content into two buckets. We have short form and we have long form. And each of those has its own strategy behind it. So when we look at our short form content, this is our TikToks, our Instagram reels, our Facebook posts. This is the content that really only lives for 24 to 72 hours before it's pretty much gone forever. And this type of content is designed to just be a touch point, to just simply go out there, provide a little bit of value or a little bit of entertainment and say, hey, I'm still here. Hopefully you enjoyed this. And that's all it is. People often make these posts be way more than they are, where we're going to talk about all these different items and I'm going to ask you to pick up the phone and call me at the end. All it should be is just here is a little bit of entertainment or a little bit of education. One topic, that's it. And move on to the next one. But I like to think of this as as touch points because we talk a lot about, well, how many times do you need to get in touch with somebody before they're willing to buy? Well, it's exhausting if you have to pick up the phone and call them every single time. But if we're posting on social media and you see that they're interacting, that counts. Those are touch points. That's them seeing that you exist and they're interacting and you're still building a relationship. And now you're able to do that at scale. Now we're able to have multiple interactions and those people are able to interact and we're positioning yourself as more of a thought leader in the space where they go, oh, wow, they're providing me value or they're providing me education or, or entertainment. But either way, I see them in my feed all the time. And now they're front of mind when the time comes that they're ready to buy or sell a home. The second area comes in with long form content. And this is really where I think a YouTube strategy is wildly effective and incredibly underutilized in the real estate industry, where basically we go out and say, all right, let's create longer form content in that seven, we'll say five to 10 minute range, give or take. And this is where we're going to provide a lot of information in a, you know, relatively short amount of time. I like to break these up into like numbered lists because it's easy to give, um, it's easy to outline and script out, but let's go and say, okay, you're in Alexandria. Let's talk about the top five school districts in Alexandria or Northern Virginia, or however you want to break it up, but go to your farm area and go, what can I talk about that's location specific here? Because here's the reality of how Google and SEO works. If you will never ever outrank Zillow or Redfin or any of these big companies when they search for Washington DC real estate agent, period, end of story, you will never win that battle. 
But Wait, my brand is important. What are you talking about that I can't outrank them? Are you kidding me? No, I, I mean, more power to you. You can try, but I, I'm telling you, it's not going to work. And here is, but here's where you can rank. Go and figure out what are people actively searching for. If they want to know what the best school districts are in your area, then create a video talking about that. And now YouTube is owned by Google and Google wants you to stay on their platform so they can show you more ads. So they're going to recommend their own content. So if you start creating content specifically around an area that you know very, very well, that content now is going to get boosted up more and more through both YouTube and Google search engines. So now you go out and now you position yourself to the internet as an expert and your content is going to pop up first when people are, are searching for those highly specific things. Like, let's take, for example, Amazon. Amazon moved into the area. How many people were on Google searching for best school districts or best neighborhoods or best places to eat when they had to come in to look for that area because they were moving here for a job, right? They, yes, they might have searched for best real estate agents in, in Crystal City, but there's a good chance they were searching for other things to learn more about that area they were moving to. So if you've positioned yourself that you have, hey, here's the best school districts and the best neighborhoods and the best nightlife and all this different content. How do I use the bus system? What's the best places to live where I can use public transportation, right? Like there's all these different ideas. And if you've built a library of that content, now people are searching for you or searching for that content and they're going to find you. So I think there's two different buckets to look at, right? Here's your short form and your long form, and they serve very different purposes. That long form is going to stick around for a very long time, and it's going to be basically searchable like a library. That short form is for your quick touch points, where you just say, hey, I'm still here. Here's a little bit of hopefully helpful info. I'll see you later. So if you think about it that way, that's really the two best ways, in my opinion, to, to stand out is to separate your content there. And for an additional little tip, take your long form content. So you have your five best neighborhoods. Yep, take number two and number four, turn them into short little posts, go post them on your short form content. Now we've double dipped, we're providing value, and then we're saying, hey, you want to watch the full video, go check out my YouTube. Now we're just getting people more into your ecosystem, where they're constantly consuming your content over and over, and you're constantly staying front of mind until they're actually ready to make a, a purchasing decision. I, I, I love the simplicity in your answers, and I appreciate it, because I think when I hear you just talk about technology, right? And I always joke around, I'm like, technology is just a four-letter word, right? Just like golf. And if they would just try to look at it, you like that, Jeff? And if they would just look at it as leverage for their business, and be like, you don't need to master it, but you, and you let off with talking about it as a tool in the toolbox. And I can't say that that can't be overstated enough. And that, guys, these are things for you that are here to stay. And the production value of what you're able to embrace through these channels now, right? Whether it's TikTok or whatever else, but YouTube and Facebook Live and all the other things, or just turning it into a podcast, right? And reutilizing content or refreshing content. I remember for a long time, people talked about blog posts. Well, nobody reads blogs anymore, but all those blogs, if you were doing them, are now conversations that you can take online. And you can update and refresh that content. And it's a really easy avenue to try to transition into without overcomplicating things. 100%, 100%. You know, and, and I think that I, I, I have talks all the time and I talk to people about it and they go, oh, wow, that seems so simple. But then at the end of the day, 
nothing ever changes because they don't actually take action, right? Mm -hmm. Like it is incredibly easy to listen to a strategy and go, oh, that sounds perfect. That's great. I should do that. It's very different to then actually go and do it, right? And so if I had like one takeaway, I tell everyone, if you have one takeaway from anything you've heard, it's just start doing something and be consistent at it. You don't have to do all of it, right? There are so many companies out there that are like, if you want to be successful, you have to do this and you have to do that. And then you're built a list of a million different things you need to do to market your business. You can't do all of them, nor do anyone have the budget to pay someone to do all of them. And nor will it be effective if they did it all. Start with something, pick one thing. Is it Instagram? Cool. Start with Instagram, create one video, pick, pick whatever consistency you can do but stay consistent with it. There is nothing worse than going, cool, I'm going to do one video a day and you do two weeks of one video a day and then you stop posting for a month. The algorithm completely resets. You get absolutely no, absolutely no reach. If you go, I'm going to do one video a week, after a couple months of that, you start seeing some traction because they're seeing consistency. So I, ideally, yes, of course, more content is better, but pick what is the minimum amount of commitment you can make and go do something. Whatever that something is, pick it and do it and stick with it for 90 days and see how it's working for you. If, that's, if there's no other takeaways from anything I've ever said, that's, that's the key wing for me is you have to pick something and be consistent and get started or else you'll never actually get any traction. I think with most people, they're looking for the easy button, but they tend to overcomplicate things through thought, right? Yep. So when you state the fact that the obvious is just do it, right? Without, sorry, this is not trademarked by Nike. So you might have to take this out. But if we joke around and we say, just do it, understanding that the easy button isn't necessarily attached to that. If you were starting new today, or you were showing me to new today, what's the one thing to, from your camera, you said, hey, I'm going to do this today and I'm going to do it every day at Tuesday at two o'clock. What platform would it be? Or what would that message be? If, if I was starting from scratch today, here's what I would do. I would focus on putting out one YouTube video per week where the whole goal of that YouTube video is going to be to provide value. And what I would do is I would sit down and write down what are the most frequently asked questions that I get. I would spend a week just every time someone asks me a question, I write it to the list. And and that right there. So the real estate agency is talking to you. What are the most frequently, not what the questions does JJ get? What are the frequently asked questions that you as a realtor get on a regular basis? 100%. So write those down and I can tell you, you're going to get a whole bunch of them. It's going to start with what is an earnest money deposit? Why do I need to sign a buyer's agreement? How are these interest rates affecting me? How does uh, first time financing work? Those are always on the list, but everything else, write down everything else you also get. Take that list. Those now are top our video topic ideas. Sit down, write an outline or a script. It's, it's your choice how you prefer to do it. Some people prefer to read from a script. Some people prefer to just spitball off of, a, off of an outline, but break it down into a, a numbered list. All right, here are the five things you need to know about your earnest money deposit. Break it down, one, two, three, four, five. Now I'm gonna sit down and record a video. The video starts with a hook, which is, hi, my name is JJ. I'm a real estate agent. Today, I'm gonna tell you the five things you need to know about an earnest money deposit. Number one, number two, number three, number four. And I break down each section that way. I end it with a closing that says, you know, these are the five, those are the five tips. If you're interested in learning more about anything involving real estate, drop a like or subscribe to my channel. That's it. There's the video. Now I'm going to post one of those per week on YouTube. I'm then going to take that video 
and take one, two, maybe three of the sections and post those individual sections. So here's step number two for, you know, what is an earnest money deposit? I'm going to post that on my social media. And other than that, that's all I'm going to do. If that's what I was doing to get started, that is what I would do is my main strategy. And give that some consistency. YouTube takes time. You are not going to immediately get views. You're not going to immediately blow up, but it's a slow build and it's a library. It's a snowball. And once you hit a point, it's just going to help carry you forward. Then the best part about YouTube is that video you made a year ago can still be getting you views, can still be generating leads for your business because YouTube is designed to be a library. It doesn't disappear after, after a couple of days. I think too many people spend time focusing on creating the, this funny little video for social media that's gone in 24 hours versus spend a little more time to make something that's truly valuable that's going to stick around for five years. If you do that and do that consistency, I think you're guaranteed to find success. That is what I tell all of my clients how they should get started, in, in my opinion. I like it. I like keeping it simple. I like the way that you kind of said, hey, here's how you do it in that longer format. And I think when people hear longer format, they're th really thinking 30 minutes. You're saying no, longer format is just five to seven minutes. But within that is valuable content that you can shorten down, trim it, and use as teasers to go back to your 10 list, your five list. 100%. And, and, I, and I would add. And it's got stickiness where they go back and watch the other videos. 100%. 100%. And, and I would add that I, I think personally, I think. You talking to a camera at YouTube is probably the best strategy. However, I get a lot of people that go, I'm not comfortable just talking to a camera like that. So then option two is to do what you're doing right now. Start a podcast, get it, have, a, have a guest, have a co-host, have someone that you can just pick a topic and talk about and keep those videos short, 10, 15 minutes, do it once a week. Super easy. You barely have to edit it at that point. You just upload it, throw it up on, on YouTube, take a couple of clips, throw it on social media. That's another option. I think that as real estate agents, people really want to see you. And so you talking to the camera does resonate a little bit better, in my opinion. But I think the podcast option is another fantastic route to go, especially if you're a little nervous on camera. Or, or do both. Or do both, 100%. In an ideal world, you do all of it, right? Absolutely. Right. I think podcast appeals to a different demographic, right? It's the people who don't have time to sit and watch a video, but they want to listen to it. They want to listen to it in the car, on their commute, or whatever it is they're doing. I think podcasts are phenomenal. But if we had to pick just one thing, I would personally go YouTube as my my starting point. Do you want to weigh in on MySpace? <laughs> Does that still exist? <laughs> no, I just want to throw that one out there as like a. a, a Maybe Joe but, still got his channel out there. You know it. Too. I got. I, sorry, JJ. You made it my top eight. For those of you listening, hopefully understand what the top eight is. Oh but, yeah. <laughs> um, but hey, JJ, I just want to say thank you for your time today. I mean, you're dropping uh, some bombs on a lot of people on like just little things they could do for promoting their brand and social media awareness, not only from a professional but also personal level. So thank you for just giving those nuggets on there and. I believe that anybody listening today can actually take uh, action on some of the suggestions that you've got to really push their business forward and look at 2023 as a value add to your clients, especially in a changing economic uh, landscape for real estate and being able to be that subject area like expert is going to be massively huge for anybody listing or buying in this market. So just want to say thank you for the time today, man. 
Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And I just want to add, I have a free resource for anyone who is interested in doing more in video production. We wrote an ebook called The Five Steps to Leverage Video Marketing for Real Estate Professionals. If you go to changeovermedia.com slash ebook, you can download it completely for free. It's full of tons of information on how to get started creating content. So if you're just not sure what to do, hopefully you uh, you know take a look at the ebook. Hopefully you enjoy it. We put a lot of time into making that and hopefully that's a, a valuable add there to your listeners. Hey, Thanks, and if man. you're watching us, just click below and download from that live link. Right down there, right below. <laughs> <laughs> well, for this week's episode, Dave, myself, and JJ, thanks everybody for listening and tune in next week for Entrepreneurial Impact. Mm -hmm.